More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show is here, everybody. Thanks for being with us. I'm going to talk to you about crime later on, coming up here in a few moments, probably, if we get to it in time, because it turns out that when Democrats have to deal with the result, it's not just in previously high-crime neighborhoods, but, you know, fancy people who are work from home, or maybe they work at Google, and maybe they are a university administrator, but they're... You know, there are scooters being stolen from their front yard. <laughs> they they get upset about these things. So we're going to talk about where this is all, all heading and how Democrats are going to try to position themselves. But he, here's one thing. I wrote about this at BuckSexton.com this morning, and the, the headline's pretty self-explanatory. Everybody knows Biden's first year is a disaster. Even Democrats are waking up to this reality because he did not deliver for life. People keep saying, no, Buck, he's doing exactly what he... No, he's... He's actually bad at being bad, meaning he can't even execute. He can't even lead on the Democrats wrong and dumb ideas, which is making people on obviously the left upset, as well as those of us on the right who have known this guy was going to be a buffoon the whole time. And that there was something inherently reckless about putting him in the Oval Office. Right. So whether it's the border or the economy, inflation, Afghanistan, uh, look at look at covid policy right now. I mean, look at covid policy and tell me that this is anything other than an abject failure. More people dying from covid under Biden's time than Trump's time. So where does this leave us? Well, my main man, Clay Travis, sent this around to our EIB team a few moments ago, and it is certainly adding fuel to the fire of speculation. There's going to be a lot of this kind of speculation in the days and uh, really months ahead. Um, Kamala Harris, according to the Wall Street Journal here, says she and Biden haven't discussed running for reelection in 2024. The quote is, this is from Kamala Harris. I don't think about it, nor have we talked about it, she said in an interview, noting it's their first year in office amid a pandemic. Well, let me just say a few things. First of all, Clay, that she doesn't think about it 
is a huge lie. Right? There's there's no vice president of the United States who's like, I never even considered whether the big guy is going to run, you know, again, or maybe I step in and try to help out a little bit myself. These are politicians. They are obsessed with themselves. They want to keep going forward. They want to stay in power. Now, I think it's interesting. Do you think this is just an inartful response from Kamala, or do you think that this is Kamala Harris realizing it's time to push the old man outside into the cold? I think it can be both, because let me read you the full quote and the way it's contextualized. She was directly asked by the Wall Street Journal uh, whether or not she and he would mount another campaign in 2024. And it, this is the lead-in. The White House has said repeatedly he plans to seek re-election in 2024. Kamala was asked about whether Biden and she would seek re-election, and she said this, I'm not going to talk about our conversations, but I will tell you this without any ambiguity. We do not talk about, nor have we talked about re-election, uh, okay, so I'll read a little bit more. First of all, when you say to someone, I won't talk about our conversations, but then you say exactly what the conversations were about, right? I'm not going to tell you about any of our conversations. Just think about this if you were in a marriage. Somebody comes to you and say, hey, Clay, do you and your wife ever talk about uh, having a fourth kid? And I came out, and by the way, she doesn't want a fourth kid. We're not having a fourth kid. But if I came out and said, we don't talk about our private conversations, but I will tell you this, we are not going to have a fourth kid. That would be a direct conversation that we had that I am sharing with you. So she said, we don't talk about our conversations. We do not talk about, nor have we talked about re-election, because we haven't completed our first year and we're in the middle of a pandemic. All right, that's her answer. Here's the deal. They cannot trot her out for interviews, Buck, without her making the story something other than what they intended the story to be about because she is so inartful in the way that she responds to questions let me tell you how the easy answer to that question is uh have you guys talked about running for re-election uh first of all the answer should be uh we don't talk about our plans for 2024 in great detail because we're only one year in but we are doing an incredible job and my plan is that Joe and I will run for re-election in 2024. We plan on that. Something along those lines, right? You can rehearse this answer. I think she is trying to push Biden out the door because I think that they had private conversations when she took this VP job, Buck. I think that Joe Biden let her know because he basically ran on this idea. The future is yours. I'm, in the meantime, going to return America to stability. Then I will step off the stage and you will be the nominee. I think that's what he told her. Do you think that's likely uh, that conversation? And now she's getting nervous that she's going to be tethered to Biden potentially as the 2024 campaign plays out. Well, yeah, I don't think she's some strategist of any note when it comes to these things. I think that if you're Kamala Harris right now, you probably don't want to be thought of as the heir apparent because your poll numbers are terrible. You got nothing to show for anything yet. And even a lot of the Democrat media has started to say, hey, you know who's pretty great? 
Pete Buttigieg. So they've started to do this. Hey, look over here, everybody. We and got, he took we got a, most of the first right. term off, first year off for paternity leave. Right. That's how bad things are for the Biden administration. The guy they're seeing doing the good job actually wasn't there for months, yeah. and they've got the biggest supply chain uh, crisis in the history, maybe, of America. And they're like, he's done a great job as transportation secretary. To be that's a how low no, the standard is. To be a no show in the Biden administration is probably a smart move in a lot of ways when you see the results of what's actually done by the people who are making the decisions here but this will be this will be fascinating to see go here's here's the only thing though that that i uh that that i keep in mind as i go through this joe biden nothing about him is really a surprise to me i thought maybe he'd be able to get through build back better this year in some capacity but those election results specifically virginia and then also the near miss in in uh in new jersey i think that that made a stiffened spine uh, for Joe Manchin. And yeah. by the way, Kristen, Kristen Cinema right now is also saying that she won't go along with the break of the filibuster for the voting rights bill that they want to push through to obviously try to change the the reality of how the election will play out next year. So I, there's some things you couldn't have expected. Joe Biden, I remember I, I got invited a long time ago, like 2000, uh, 2008. Uh, to see like the third tier, you know, the, the also rans of the Democratic. I just I was invited to a political event just to sit there and listen by a friend, lady friend, neither here nor there. That's and why you went. I that's mean, that's that's the you're burying the lead here. I bet she was good looking. We have to talk about that. <laughs> anyway, this is back when occasionally I'd go on dates with Democrats. So I go to this event. I go to this event and and who was it was like Dennis Kucinich, two other people who I can't even who are running for president, Democrats. I can't even remember. And Joe Biden. Joe Biden was a third-tier candidate who had been running for decades. But this time around, at a time of national anxiety and, oh gosh, Donald Trump is so scary and COVID, putting this, you know, decrepit but supposedly grandfatherly figure forward somehow worked, right? I mean, he is currently the president of the United States. Given all of that, Clay, I look at this and I say... Is it really beyond the pale that they'll try this one more time and then maybe have him step down for health reasons after they think he gets reelection? Because I, I I do believe this. The, the Democrat establishment would rather try Joe Biden, even at age 82, 83, whatever he'll be, against Donald Trump, if Trump is, in fact, the Republican nominee again, than to risk running Kamala Harris against Donald Trump. I think Kamala Harris as a matchup against Dom, Donald Trump is something the Democrats know is, is just a nightmare for them. Oh, I think, look, Kamala Harris against Donald Trump, they're going to get destroyed. I'm not even sure she would be the nominee in 20, uh, 2024. If Trump didn't run and just decided to kind of play the uh, the grand poobah role and, for instance, deputized Ron DeSantis as his chosen successor, Buck, I think that Ron DeSantis might beat Kamala Harris Fifty-seven to forty-three, right? I mean, I think we might see a landslide of epic proportions because Trump is going to bring out the anti-Trump core that are going to be against him no matter what. And I appreciate the fact that, as I said earlier in the show, that Trump has taught people how to fight. But I think a younger candidate who has not been on the national stage, whether it's a Ron DeSantis, a Tim Scott, whoever that person might be, uh, I think sometimes it's harder to land a punch on. And if it's Kamala Harris against a new breed of Republican, a younger version, then I think it's 
incredibly hard for her to land any punches on them, and she will get destroyed. Even, you know, the first year of a presidency, they always will get the, uh, they'll tell you, you know, you have to get everything done that you really want to get done in the first six months. Some people say the first 90 days of a new presidency, right, of an entirely new presidency. And then you get to run on what's coming next, the next steps. You've set the groundwork. You've laid the laid the foundation. Right? Look at Obama with Obamacare. You, you look at how this has worked in the past for Democrats. Right now, they're going into the midterm election year without even a foundation to build on, really. You're they right. just have Joe Biden having made a whole bunch of promises that he was not able to keep and looking increasingly frail and befuddled to the American people. Oh, which reminds me. I actually think this is perfect, perfect timing. Clay, we are about to learn a new SAT word today because it has never appeared in the SATs before. It might now because it's not actually a word. Joe Biden goes around saying this all the time. These are all different instances of his usage of the word exponentially. 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 It goes on for like a full, almost a full minute. I'm trying not to get this caught in my head because I'm going to find myself when I try to say exponentially. But it's not even a filler word. It's a word that he leans into he's like we're gonna make the country exponentially better like he really lays into it not a word joe not a word oh my god um and 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 that i think is why kamala harris is trying to kick him right off the uh right off the ticket here in this interview the problem and remember when people were concerned that joe biden was the trojan horse candidate and he was going to step down and kamala harris was going to take over because there was this fear that she was particularly uh skilled maybe in a way that joe biden was not now people are afraid that joe biden is going to step down and kamala harris is going to take over because as incompetent as joe biden is kamala harris is far more incompetent and so the idea was, hey, you're going to have the runway to take over the Democratic Party because Joe Biden's 78. He's going to be 82 in 2024. There's no way that he's going to run again. And now Democrats are going to try to run a guy who would be 86 years old at the end of his tenure. You will not That's believe, folks, what San Francisco car owners are doing now to make sure that or rather to try to help ensure that their cars are not broken into uh we will we will tell you what that is coming back here in a few minutes we've also got our friend cat Timp with us from fox news in just a few minutes on the days that you're ambitious about taking control of your finances and your savings plan take into consideration the value of owning gold as part of your plan gold may well be the best form of protection of preserving the value of your savings account when the value of the dollar decreases because it doesn't go as far as it once did gold can hold its value in today's world, owning and holding real gold is possible. I relied on the Oxford Gold Group to make it happen for me. My gold purchase arrived at my home like any other package I would sign for. There's a certain peace of mind and a satisfying experience that comes with it. So if you think buying real gold is complicated, my friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They'll explain everything to you. You can have real gold delivered to your home or have real gold as part of your IRA. It is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. 
Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and deliver to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Happy holidays, Thursday edition of the program. We are, as I well know, because my kids are popping those advent calendars every single day. Nine days till Christmas. Going to be a lot of fun next week. Kids are starting to get out of school. My kids are done. One of them today, the other two tomorrow. It's going to be wild around the house. Hope all of you are having a great run-up to Christmas, the holiday season, wherever you may be across the country. People that are not having necessarily a great time. Uh, We played yesterday the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, who called for an aggressive expansion of policing because she's so fired up about all the crime that's going on. Things have gotten so bad in San Francisco, Buck. You teased this as we went to the last break, and I saw this story, and I was like, this cannot be true. People in San Francisco are now leaving their trunks open because they are so afraid of people breaking into their car. They want to make it clear that they have nothing in their trunk, so please don't break into my car. Listen here 
to cut 14 as people in San Francisco discuss the rampant crime that is leading them to leave their trunks open. We see the aftermath of car break-ins all too often. Windows smashed, glass shattered. But now some people are getting so fed up, they're leaving their trunks open, hoping that'll at least spare them the hefty bill to get it fixed. Call it the price of parking in the Bay Area. But now it's come to this. Trunks left open in broad daylight in Oakland. It doesn't really surprise me. Oakland's deputy interim police chief, Drennan Lindsay, says it's the first she's heard of it. But it's happening in San Francisco, too. The San Francisco Police Department has reported a 32% increase in car break-ins paired with a 25% increase in auto burglaries. Same story in Oakland. Think about what this really means. It's people that are so terrified and anxious about their car being you know, broken into, vandalized, stuff being stolen from them, that are essentially creating a please, please don't rob me sign by leaving the trunk to their car open. I mean, I remember, because I lived in New York in the 90s when things were really bad, Clay, you would see this all the time. There would be these people who would put no radio signs in their little handmade no radio sign of the window and that was just a constant reminder as you walked around a a psychological hit you would take of wow there's a lot of crime in this city and then remember whenever had the club on their car that was on the steering wheel that became a big thing for a while yeah i remember in the 90s buck and uh a couple of my friends lived in neighborhoods where it was pretty sketchy and we would leave the car unlocked because you were afraid take anything of any value out of the car and then you would leave your car door unlocked so if somebody wanted to just get in your car and look through it at least then they wouldn't break your window i've never heard of leaving the trunks open but then that disappeared right because the only thing that joe biden might have gotten right in his political career was the 1994 crime bill which Crime collapsed as a result of us putting more police officers on the street, not letting criminals, the three strikes in your out bill that now everybody hates. You see, I was reading this morning an article about, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, about all the DAs. There now are requirements that you have to be charged with a felony 10 times in some 10 felonies before you face significant bail. It's unbelievable. Cat Tim Fuff next, up next from Fox News. Um, if we've learned anything since 2020, It's that there's nothing quite as important as a powerful immune system. Over 20 years ago, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black of Texas invented Texas Superfood, the original superfood. 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, plus probiotic and digestive enzymes, so you can build your body's defense from the inside out. Texas Superfood boosts your immune system better than anything on the market. So if you can't want or don't eat all your fruits and veggies, Texas Superfood was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. Welcome back to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show, everybody. As promised, we have our friend, Cat Timf with us now from Fox News. You all know Kat from her Fox Nation show, Sincerely Kat. And she's also a frequent guest uh, panelist on the Gutfeld smash hit late night TV show over at Fox. Kat, great to have you. Hey, great to be here. So are you noticing that there is both a an increase because you're here in New York City with me? 
Uh, Clay's out in Nashville, so he's all, oh, I the freedom and the Constitution, and I'm walking around here, <laughs> like feeling yeah, as though I'm right. hearing the you know the Soviet national anthem playing from all the loudspeakers. But there there are people. I'm starting to see people just be like, you know what? I'm not doing. Like I'm walking into places that require masks, and people just aren't wearing masks. I, I, do, do you think that even New Yorkers are starting to have had enough of the madness? You know what? I, I think that everyone's had enough of the madness. It just depends on. Um, you know, whether, like, whether or not they feel comfortable admitting that, or if, you know, if, if they're worried about their social standing, if, you know, all their friends are liberal. Because think about it. People are moving to Nashville. People are moving to Texas. People are moving, you know, people are moving to Florida. If people were really concerned that, like, everyone who's not wearing a mask is a murderer or whatever, if, you know, if you're lit, people would be fleeing to New York and fleeing to Los Angeles because, they would be so scared they were going to die in Florida or Texas or Tennessee. We're not really seeing that. You know, you've actually seen, Kat, a, a new study that there's a 38% decrease year over year, 2021 to 2020, of people moving to California. Right, right. And if they were really, if everybody really believed in this stuff and, you know, it was as widespread and popular as people thought, then that wouldn't be the case. People would be too terrified to live in a, you know, a place where people are normal and sane because they'd be so scared they're going to die. I've had it. I've really had it. I mean, I, I, I just, I, it's like when, you know, you think things get better and they get worse. Like, I still haven't gone on a honeymoon yet because we were like, oh, we're going to go next year when things are open. We can go to a foreign country and not worry. And now it's like we're going to have to go to Poughkeepsie or something because you can't plan anything. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to our robust Poughkeepsie audience, by the way. <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Cat Temp. You can see her you. on. Not to offend you guys, but I'll see you. I'll, I guess I'll see you guys there. Uh, in uh, you can watch her on Gutfeld pretty much every night. Cat, um, I saw you were at the Army Navy game, and I just yeah. I can't stop talking about this story because to me it just perfectly blows up the absurdity of left wing politics. Are you paying attention to the biological man? that is going to the University of Pennsylvania and is going to become the greatest women swimmer potentially of all time, and we just have to pretend that this is normal because the transgender agenda is so incredibly powerful in the left wing that nobody will say, hey, I don't know that a biological guy who swam for three years on the Penn's men's team is going to be able to now become the greatest women swimmer of all time. I mean, it sounds like satire. We had this, I think in like the early 2000s, they made that movie Juana Man, where like this guy pretended that he yeah. was a woman and dominated the WNBA. And now it's real life. Yeah, look, I, and I think the important thing that you brought up there was like the nobody will say, because I'm pretty liberal on uh, social issues overall, completely liberal, you know, on social issues really and truly. But when it comes to this specific story, and Clay, I saw an outkick. You interviewed one of the students, and what, she, or one of the you know members on the swim team, and what she said is, you know, we all kind of feel like this is not fair, uh, but none of us can say that because we all want to have a job someday. Yeah. And so, but whenever we're around this other swimmer, you know, we just say, "Oh, great job! We're so proud of you. You're so awesome!" But it's all fake. So, if let's say that you are an a le- activist on the left, you know, you for trans acceptance. There's a huge difference between acceptance and fake acceptance. Uh, and if anything, I think that the, these fake attitudes where people can't say, hey, I don't know about this, or hey, I have a question about this, or, or even just saying, hey, this is a pretty complicated thing. It's not as simple as, you know, if you say that you're this, then you can compete on these teams. That could maybe even breed more resentment and make these things even worse. I think that these are 
that's obviously a super complicated issue um, that you, that's something you should be able to say and, you know, talk about openly because, and that goes with everything, right? It goes with when it comes to stuff with race or gender, anything. Um, the more that you make people afraid to talk, the less, like, you want acceptance and you want understanding, that's going to come from talking. So I think it's, it's, um, it's really the attitude and the way that they're handling it and, um, people not being able to speak, I think it makes it worse for everybody, no matter what side of this issue that you're on, or if you're, you know, left, right, or somewhere in the middle. We're speaking to Kat Timpf. You know her from Gutfeld at night, where she's a frequent panelist, also from Sincerely Cat on Fox Nation over at Fox News Channel. Kat, is the Biden administration way worse than you thought it would be? How do you, we were just talking about the Kamala Biden Kremlinology of who's actually going to be running the next time around. What do you see going on right now? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's bad, right? And here's the thing. I, I knew it was going to be bad, but I, I, I remember being in New York, and Buck, I'm sure you remember this, when the, the, you know, they announced Biden was the winner. The revelry in the streets. Like, I, like, I saw people dancing in the streets. I, I, ha- I had to come to work that day, actually, for something. I had to be at work. And I remember coming here, and it was dancing, and I saw, like, people. Like, I, I remember seeing, like, some, you know, people, like, uh, there was these two guys who were wearing thongs and they were like snorting drugs off of a key and like, like all of this. I'm like, I live a mile from the office. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, these people are really excited. right? Like, I don't know if anything's ever made me. I actually know. I will say nothing has ever made me that excited where I'm going to be half naked in the, you know, in the cold, in the street, uh, dancing around. Okay. And, and so they all set the bar really high, right? Like how do they feel? Uh, I mean, if they're paying any attention at all, I, I don't think it's that level of excitement. Or maybe the excitement just came from whatever drugs at least those two were snorting. But everyone else who didn't appear to be on, they, they really thought, you know, this was, everything's going to be great now. And, you know, obviously everything's worse. <laughs> Kat, when, uh, when I saw that, the, this may be a sign of just how low my expectations are for New York City right now. <laughs> but when I saw that the Fox Christmas tree got burned down. Yeah. My first thought wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. It was like, I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened before. Of course they would burn down the Fox Christmas tree. What was your first thought when you heard that the Fox Christmas tree uh, in New York City got burned down? Yeah, I hate to say it, but mine was kind of the same as yours. Mine was kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, you know, you walk. There's, sometimes there's like little mini protests outside the building where it's like seven people with signs. Yeah. By the way, it reminds the me of the succession or... line, Cat. Do you remember when they're like, the fewer the protesters are, the more awkward it is? Because if there's like thousands yeah. of protesters, but when there's like five and you make eye contact with them and you're like, yeah, sorry, you know, I got to go. It's kind of funny, right? When you leave the Fox News studio and there's like four people there protesting, it's kind of awkward. Come yeah. and bring them like a hot, co- a hot couple. Yeah, it's or like, something. hey, how are you today? Like you can talk to them, shake their hand into individually um but yeah right. sorry to like, cut you off but it is funny to, the, so the vibe like, there right it's like the group is so small but their signs are like you know that we're ruining the entire world and this and that and i'm like i don't honestly like you know we're all humans sometimes i make mistakes you know I, I can be a jerk sometimes i don't think i'm ruining the world i think that you know i can be hard on myself but i don't, I don't think i'd ever go that hard on myself Cat Timph, everybody, check her out over at Fox Nation with Sincerely Cat and look for her on Gutfeld on Fox News Monday through Friday. Cat, thanks so much. Great to have you. Of course, anytime. 
Mike Lindell, folks, is a great American, an entrepreneur, the inventor of my pillow, and Clay and I love these products. Plus, Mike Lindell stands up against cancel culture. He believes in free speech and America, and he will not bow to the mob. We're big fans of Mike and all these products that we now have in our homes. The pillows, the my pillows, are incredible. They help you sleep better than you probably ever have in your life. You can wash and dry them constantly, and they're made here in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his my pillows. I mean, the ones that started the whole thing for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard my pillow for nineteen ninety eight, originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a fifty dollars savings with promo code Clay and Buck. But there's also a money back guarantee, Clay. Yeah, money back guarantee until March 1st of next year. And you can enter the promo code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Get hooked up today with my pillow. Use the code Clay and Buck. You'll be glad that you did. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Final segment, Thursday edition. I will be, I'm curious to see how this goes, Buck. I'll be down in Key West tomorrow for the show. Never been to Key West. Should be a lot of fun, uh, the free state of Florida, although I'm leaving the free state of Tennessee, so uh, I'm just moving from one free state to another. 
But speaking of the opposite of a free state buck, well, both where you live in New York, but also you know what the game plan is going to be. There is starting to be the panic set in. 50% capacity now for NHL and NBA games in Canada. Everything getting shut down in California. And right now, this story just broke while we were on the air. Stanford, one of the elite academic institutions in America, you would think one of the places that would be most responsive to actual data, they are going to start their school two weeks online because of rising COVID cases. They are going to make some of the smartest kids in America start off their next uh, education uh, semester or whatever you want to call it. I think it's a quarter system in Stanford after the holidays. They're going to do it online. This is only going to spread. Think about how many mutations we've already had and how many shots we're now being told you have to get. Why should anyone believe that if we're going to take the logic that they're currently using of shutting down more things and all this, we'll be in a different uh, What is the basis for thinking, other than the buildup of natural immunity through mass infection, which is going on, whether, you know, whether they want it to or not, that is what's happening. What is the basis for thinking that we'll be in a markedly different position next year? Note that if we do have a variant that is uh, evasive for vaccines, as it seems Omicron is at some level. I mean, you read me about, about your poor, Johnson and Johnson vaccine is, is not saving you from Omicron. It's like, Buck, I'm sorry. I thought I had you back. But no, apparently not. Apparently not. Omicron's coming in there, stealing my lunch money, giving me a wedgie, throwing me in the lockers. <laughs> you know, it's rough. It's rough. Positive is. With your age and health, you're unlikely to ever know if you have Omicron. That's the positive based on the data. It's spreading so fast, but most people have no idea they get it. That's what, what, that's the only thing I can say from a positive perspective. Uh, but so Stanford is shutting down. My argument has been, by the way, the Super Bowl is supposed to take place in L.A., and I know we got a ton of listeners out in L.A., but they now are mandating masks inside of the stadium in L.A., they are mandating that you either have the COVID vaccine or get a sh- or get a or get a test within 24 hours of going, and the Super Bowl is not going to be able to occur with normalcy. I think the next step. What's the next step, Buck? They're going to restrict the capacity. Right. That's where right. we're and, headed. And see, here's the thing: you just have to understand the mentality, everybody. Restricting capacity will do nothing to stop the curve. Right. Mask mandates will do nothing. nothing to bring down the curve. Mark my words. Check the New York City caseload next week, the week after that, the week after that. And I don't just mean look at it, you know, in a vacuum. Look at the trend line. It is going to continue. We know how this happens. We're probably in, you know, week two or three of the uptrend of what tends to be a six to eight week long process of maximum spread. This is the curve we see over and over again. It's not going to be stopped or even visible on a chart that there's any actual effect of these measures. So all they're doing is making everybody more anxious and harassing you and telling you to mask up faster and you're taking too long with your peanuts uh, peanuts on your <laughs> peanuts on your spirit air flight. Oh, man, it's like me yesterday uh, with the uh, Anglo-Sexton line, except uh, funnier. Um, also, uh, uh, by the way, uh, remember Ron DeSantis did a good job. We played this audio for you yesterday. 15 days to stop the spread has turned into 700 days to stop the spread. And Stanford, one of our truly elite academic institutions, is adding another two weeks, which will have no impact. And by the way, probably be extended because things are not going to get that much better 
in early January would be my expectation than they are right now. Tommy in Texas wants to ask us some big thing question about foreign policy. What's up, Tommy? Hey, guys, love the show. You guys are doing a great job. I know you're short on time. Just real quick, I want your honest opinion on what's going to happen. If, hypothetically speaking, Russia takes over Ukraine, China takes over Taiwan, they see that we are a pushover, that Joe Biden has done nothing. He will not get off his ass and do anything. Iran invades or threatens to take over Israel. What are the Democrats and the and the liberals, what are they going to do? Let, let, me, let me move this opinion. one. First of all, Tommy, what happened to the world? God bless Texas and, and all of its Texans, fabulous people. Thank you so much. I'd say this in reverse. I wouldn't worry about Iran invading Israel because Israel would completely kick Iran's military's butt with one arm tied behind its back. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, but I appreciate you asking the question. Uh, on China, and, you know, Clay keeps saying, well, if Russia goes Ukraine goes for Ukraine, China may go for Taiwan. I mean, talk about a, a, a crazy geopolitical phenomenon. It's not impossible, of course. I, I think the odds makers would say highly, highly unlikely. What I think will happen in Ukraine, and we can revisit this in the new year, is you'll probably have a limited military incursion that essentially pushes the Ukrainian government in Kiev or Kiev to put a Russian puppet in place while they hold some kind of sham referendum, etc. I don't think they're looking to occupy uh, the entire Ukrainian landmass with Russian troops. That's my guess. If China ties into that, I, I think it's unlikely, but, you know, the world's a crazy place. On to what uh, the real question, I think, Clay, is he, a- he asked what would Biden, they would do what they always do. They would give speeches. They would put sanctions strongly in place. Strongly worded letters. They would be, there'd be strongly worded letters. Remember, Obama, this is something you should all know. This is a fact. Obama's National Security Council, the Obama administration, refused to send sniper rifles and anti-tank missiles that the Ukrainians needed because it would have upset Russia too much. They made that, they made that decision not to upset Russia. They sent, they sent blankets and, uh, and canteens. I think the question is a really prescient one because I don't, I agree with you, Buck. I don't think we'd do anything in Ukraine. I don't think we'd do anything in Taiwan. We didn't do anything with Hong Kong. We basically allowed China to take that over without having to fire a single shot. The question that becomes paramount in the wake of both of those incidents, if Taiwan and Ukraine happen, is who else is going to be emboldened? to potentially destabilize the geopolitical atmosphere because they believe America is so weak that we wouldn't do anything, and how can that upset the political calculus leading to a truly dangerous situation somewhere down the line? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's something that anyone who cares about America's standing in the world should be concerned about, and it's why, Buck, we've said this a lot. We don't root for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to be incompetent because it's bad for overall American strength and stability for them to be laughingstocks around the world. I got to tell you, Clay, I thought that we were in for a bad COVID winter, but I know on the show I said, I don't know, I don't know. It's because there was this part of me that was just, I was hoping for what they promised. I was hoping for America and for the world, quite honestly, that we pretty much had this thing beat because of the mass vaccination program. We clearly do not. So I am hoping for the best over here, but we got to tell you the truth no matter what. We will continue to do that with you tomorrow here. We've got a great show already lined up for you. Brian Kilmeade of Fox News will be with us. We're looking forward to that and more. Talk to you then. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Playing Buck, over and out. 